We're gonna hit record. I'm gonna push a button. That's more motivation than I've ever heard from you. Well, if you won't say it, I'll say it. Goodbye. You are listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Welcome, everybody, to episode 148 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, the first episode of a new generation. We, Michael, are on day two or day one, depending on what console you purchased, of the new console generation. There is a definitive line. They're like 0.7, because we can order back in October 4th, but that doesn't mean it has to be here on launch day. So frustrated. Ordered it in October, got it pre-ordered. Not here. It's not here. It's still not going to be here. It won't be here tomorrow when you listen to this. It'll be here Saturday when you listen to this. Saturday. That's when it's supposed to be here. Saturday. Um, Which is weird because you could just like go down to Walmart right now and pick up an Xbox Series S. Exactly. You saw them there. And I'm like, I should just say, hey, look, I'm going to cancel this. I'm going to buy this one. It's just it's just frustrating. Like, and I don't know if I expected it to be here launch day. I guess I kind of did. Right. We have a mutual friend who opened theirs on launch day. And I'm like, what's going on here, Target? You better get your ducks in a row. So, yeah. So I'm a little I'm a little I'm a little hot this evening. A little little chapped, little little upset. Xbox angst. X Xbox Xbox angst. Xbox angst. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. Ordered it in October. Waited for it. Waited for it. Um, Not here yet. My heater is going to turn on here in a second, so you I'm going to go take. That. I'm going to go take care of that because it's going to sound like a jet that. engine inside of this house. Can you hear it now? It just kicked on. What? I actually don't hear it. Fadrian, you bought a PlayStation Five Digital Edition today. I thought. Oh, I guess your wife made you go out and buy it so that you can play Final Fantasy 16. So that makes more sense. So nice. Fadrian got a wow, and I couldn't find. Hmm, stupid console generation <laughs> like i i was on that stupid thing like trying to order a playstation 5 and then everyone's like no you're not going to be able to get it because you know it's gonna uh, everything's gonna be online so did you buy it online Fajin, or did you have to go into the store and get it because i really am like i'm just telling myself that i don't want to do it i don't need it um final fantasy 16 will eventually come to pc just like all the other games really i'm trying to i'm like boycotting the new generation because that makes me feel like um i don't know why i'm boycotting it i should just embrace yeah, that's it. A weird, that's a weird stance to take especially considering what you do weekly yeah, speaking of weekly, so so let's talk about this weekly. Um, episode 148 is going to be weird. I'm really tired. Um, we've been up um, a lot of hours the last couple days just with um, we've got some sickness going through our home. So I am managing that um, up at a lot of hours of the night. I'm doing a lot of Godfall recording and content, finishing up that game so I can put out a review of it. So I have not slept a lot. I am very tired. My kids hate me now today, I think. I'm pretty sure um, they all hate me. But so if anything is weird or if anyone's like, what is going on with episode 148? I'm really tired. So one of the things that I think we are going to do. In the uh, in the industry, I believe it's called filling the crunch, right? Because we all know that crunch is real and crunch grows through everything. And, and Steve is just crunching right now. So he's not tired. He's just crunched. Um, I guess we could talk about that because um, so November is the NaNoWriMo month. It's the National Writers Novel Month or whatever. It's where you're supposed to be able to put down 50,000 words for a new book, for a novel or a short story. You're supposed to set a goal for like every every day you're supposed to write so much. So I was like, hey, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try writing something. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I did that, and I've been keeping up with my goals until Godfall hit. Then I've backed down on my goals. <laughs> so on top of like doing the Godfall stuff, like doing the family stuff, um, doing the writing stuff, like I haven't slept a lot. Um, so I think I just bit off a little too much this month, and I'm like trying to figure out like, you know, what should I cut out? And then I was like, I don't know, maybe Devin was right, and just like cutting everything out and doing um, doing that because some days I'm like. I would rather not have to worry about this because for some reason, like this Godfall thing has got me like super stressed, like doing the channel and like talking to a lot of people 
I feel like, okay, I have to do a really good job on this thing. So I need to finish that campaign so that I can talk about it. Because one thing I don't want to do is talk about Godfall in a very like, oh, I played the game for five hours. These are my impressions. Like, it looks super cool and be all positive about it. And then like the next, you know, after you play it, then you do like what happened with Anthem. Like when we played Anthem, like I gave my initial impressions and I was really impressed with it. And that was after like um, 10 hours of playing. So I gave my initial impressions based off of that, which, you know, we had a really good time because we were all playing together, flying around in the Javelin is a, was something that was really, really cool to do for the very first time, jumping off the Fort Tarsus, going down to the waterfalls. It was a really cool experience. So you kind of, you know, my review and my impressions were really colored by that, that initial experience. And that's not something I want to have happen with Godfall. Um, so I'm like, okay, I need to beat the campaign, however long that is. Luckily, it wasn't 20 hours. When they were talking about how long it was going to be, they were like, oh, it's going to be like a 20-hour campaign. So luckily, it wasn't that. I ended up finishing it up um, at about 14 hours, which is a lot of time to play. It considering is a lot of time. You probably did it all at one shot too, didn't you? Um, no, I, I couldn't. So I ended up playing to like 2 o'clock last night, and my I was falling asleep in my seat. Which is nice. something that, like, usually I can stay up, but, man, I was, I was struggling. So I had to finally go to sleep. I also, like, we can talk a little bit. Let's, let's just dive into it. Like, this episode, do you just want to, like, ask me Godfall questions and I will answer your Godfall questions? Like, if people in chat have questions about Godfall, I will answer those now. Because I think we'll probably do this. We'll, we'll keep the show pretty short. Like, I would love to be able to talk about the Series X stuff. I would love to be able to talk about PlayStation 5 stuff. But major news outlets are going to have all that information. I don't have a PlayStation 5. We don't have a Series X. Um, a lot of those games are playable on a PlayStation 4. There's nothing really new coming out with the Series X. So I don't think there's like a ton um, to talk about in regards to those things. Like I would have loved to have been sent one by Xbox. But, you know, that's, you know, bigger fish, that kind of thing. So... So I just want to talk about Godfall, um, really is what I want to do. So we'll have Keanu play us in, and then we'll talk about Godfall. All right. I got to talk to you about something. All right, so here we go. So I have, I just recently finished the game uh, about four hours ago. Um, I've been starting to write my review, so maybe this will actually help me if I can voice it. It'll help me put my thoughts into order about what I really want to talk about and how I kind of want to, how I want to shape this. So I guess like my big thing is like, if I'm going to do a Godfall 101 channel, I want to be able to answer the question, you know, should I buy Godfall, right? The average person, should I buy Godfall? Like, hey, tell me your review. You 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 played the game. Should I buy it or not? And this this is something that's even after playing for like the 14 hours, it's really difficult for me to say like definitively, like, yes, you should or no, you shouldn't. So I played through the single player campaign and I did it solo. I didn't want to have anyone else in there. I wanted to capture all the footage. So I have like I have all of my gameplay captured. I have the entire 14 hours of me playing through the story. I have it captured. So I'll go through that. So Godfall, previously, before it released, um, Counterplay Games, Gearbox, Gearbox is the publisher. We knew very little about it, right? There were always these questions around it, like, hey, what's matchmaking going to look like? What about this? They didn't show the UI until like a month before the game came out. So there's always all these questions. And when I talk about Godfall, I was always tell people, like, manage your expectations. This is a small team, about 75 people. They, this, is their so this is their sophomore outing after creating a, um, a card... Uh, collectible card game that was the first game that counterplay made so this is something wildly different for the team brand new ip new generation okay all those things looters always struggle out of the gate like keep those things in mind when people are like getting ready to play godfall shell out 70 dollars in some instances for the playstation 5 version or 60 dollars for the pc version right we have to remember and keep your expectations in check and not expect like some amazing like oh i can't believe you knocked it out of the park like we have to keep these things in check. So hang on a second. I'm going to stop you there. Okay. So then 
that being said, when you sat down and booted it up for the first time, what were your initial what were your initial feelings? Were you like a little bit of butterflies? Did you get excited when the first soundbite came on? Like like what what were you take us to that moment? So I w- I mean, I was excited for a new game. Like for a lot of people, this is one of the only next gen titles for the PlayStation 5. So this should have been something that was like, all right, here we go. This is next gen, right? Um, And really, like I had prepped myself to be like, don't hype it up. Don't expect to be blown away. So I was actually went in pretty like level headed, like, all right. Let's see what this is, especially because I was going in with in with the idea of if I'm going to write a review, I can't go in with any biases, right? I can't go like, all right, blow me away. You know, I think we all want that, but I didn't want that to like cloud my judgment and how I felt about the game because that's definitely something that happened. Like that's definitely something I did with Anthem because, you know, we talked about that game for two years. So I'm like, I was expected I expected to be blown away by it just because of the hype that I built myself, right? So I went in so pretty... Do you, do you think you went in hypercritical or maybe more critical than what you than what you normally pro- would have done, you know, trying to not get um, bamboozled? Yeah, 100%. I was more critical about it also because I felt like, okay, I have a little bit more responsibility that if someone's like, hey, should I buy this game? Um, and I'm going to listen to this person that makes a, you know, has a Godfall channel. I want to do right by that person. So I mm-hmm. definitely don't want to be like, hey, you should definitely go buy this. This is awesome. Because then you're like, you told me to buy this and it sucks. So anyway, booting up the game, like, okay, it's like I, going off of the story, that was one of the things I was most interested in because they've um, the team has said that their inspiration was um, the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson, which is like one of my favorite. Um, it's like my favorite novel right now, right? It's just one of the mm-hmm. the best high fantasy books out there that you can get, and I know that series very well. So it's like, all right, you're taking inspiration from this. I'm going to expect like some sort of like. Um, there's, there's some this there's, is this and direct relations. Well, there's some sort of expectation saying like, hey, like if you make a horror movie and you're like, yep, and my inspiration was Aliens and Jaws, you expect something like similar, similar vibes, similar feeling. But I mean, that's not always 100% true, right? Just because you're inspired by something doesn't mean it's going to be exactly like that thing. But you know, in the back of your mind, you do. All right. So... They have said that there were four lore videos by Bife um, that went pretty extensive into the backstory of Godfall. So there's this a lot of setup of like, okay, what happened in the beginning and how, you know, these people fought in this war, these people fought in this war, these people divided here, these people created these other people to fight against these people. So there was a lot of backstory. So in my mind, I was like, okay, there's a lot of story here. They're getting us ready because there's going to be a lot of story in the game. And that got me excited because why put out, you know, 40 minutes of lore video if you're not going to have much in the game? Unfortunately, there's not a lot of story in the game. And this is something that I was like really disappointed with. Very much from the beginning, you you watch the trailer that we saw as the trailer for that they put out on YouTube, because sometimes you, or it's the fall trailer. It's um, yeah, it's the the fall trailer. That's what the the trailer is called, the fall. So that is put out there and that's played again, and I was kind of disappointed because I'm like, oh, I thought this was just like a a trailer for the game, but really it's like a full cutscene to begin the game. And that cutscene, that cinematic, um, there's a lot of context behind it. But if you were a new person and this was like the first time you're seeing Godfall, all you know is this that the main character wants revenge against this other character. There's right. very little context in it if you don't know all that other stuff that happened before. And it's hard for me to like be able to judge that because I do know all that stuff bef- uh, that happened before. I dove into the lore, speculated all this other stuff, you know. So I was pretty heavily into it. But if you're a brand new person, it's a revenge story of this person wants revenge against this person. And it's very like paint by numbers. I mean, there's very little deviation from that. There are very few NPCs that you interact with. There are two NPCs at your home base. Like these are very small spoilers because these all happen very early. 
but that's it. You interact with one with two characters. Like after every mission, you talk to one, then you talk to the other one, and then you go to the next mission. And unfortunately, the story doesn't really deviate from that. It there, your main character has one goal, and that's the driver of the plot. Unfortunately, and it's very much like in '80s movies where you, if you want to get to the head guy, you got to go through his henchmen. And that's what it is. And I know a lot of games do that, but they don't do it in such a linear fashion as this. So, I mean... The- so then, okay. So then, so then jumping back then, and then, so let's talk about visuals then. Like, when you booted up the game, boot up, do people say boot up anymore? Yeah. I so you go into the up. game, you've gone through the story, so so what what's the visual experience that you, that you have with Godfall? Without, without, you know, giving everything away for your videos that you're making... Um, but tell us about that. No, visually, I think the game looks really good. I think the environment artist, uh, artists, that whole team did a really good job. So it's, it's pretty to look at. I mean, it's colorful. It's vibrant. The Valor plates are really cool. The character design is, is a lot of fun. Um, so, so that part of it does look good. So I was running on my 2080 Ti and I was like, you know, with everything on Ultra, I was still getting like 80 frames a second. So it was well above the 60. Um, changing some settings around, I could like push it to 100 and like 100 frames per second, depending on what I turned off and turned it turned on and turned off in the settings. There's also a benchmarking um, tool in there to where like if someone wanted to know, hey, can I run this? You run the benchmarking tool, you play with your settings and it'll tell you how many frames you can get. But like visually, the game looks good. And I mean, that was one of the things that I was drawn on from the beginning. So like I, I was I was impressed with the visuals. There are some things that like, you know, the environment oh, it didn't always react to you as a as a character, like some of the grass, some of the trees and leaves didn't react to your presence. Some of them did. Some okay. of them didn't. Um, no footsteps in the sand, which I thought was just like, oh man, Mike would be super disappointed because there's no footsteps in the sand when you walk over them. Because I know that's you guys that- laugh at me, but like that's that's like an important thing about about it, right? Like it's so it's weird when when you step on sand and your foot kind of does that weird. It always shifts for some reason. Like it doesn't like push down into the ground. It kind of shifts um, horizontally. And there's no, never any mark. It just is something that I notice, and I'll no. never ever be able to unsee it. So, I mean, that's something that we had since Mario sixty four, right? That it's just kind of like, yeah. hey, it's one of those little touches that you really enjoy being in there. Yeah. And like this didn't have it. Um. So there's there's stuff like that. I unfortunately though, Mike, like as I was playing, um, the environments did feel very samey. So they're. There are four realms. Yeah, there are four realms. Okay, I get what you're saying. So there's four realms. There's the air, earth, and water realm. Uh, Initially, we thought that there were going to be four, but like I had said previously in other videos, that I had suspected that that fire realm was going to be cut or held for DLC in the future. Turns out I think I'm probably right um, (laughs) that that's going to happen. And that's unfortunate because that was one of the things that they told us in the beginning, that there'll be four realms, but... Um, stuff happens, COVID happens. So, you know, it's easy to say that, you know, that those, those things can be pushed off because of that. But when you're in the water realm, a lot of it just looks the same. It's easy to get lost and turned around, um, trying to find, go from place to place there. The areas are big and it is like, you'll be dropped into a mission and you can go into the water realm and it's open to you. There are some places you can't go depending on what mission you're you're in, but you can just like travel around and explore. There's collectibles that you can pick up. The collectibles are kind of interesting. They're set up very much like a 2000s um, action RPG. RPG, like they're just floating in the air. Like you can go up and okay. you pick up, you pick it up. It, it's kind of weird. I mean, visually they have to make it so that you'll notice them that you don't just walk over them. So I understand like why they do it. But it just seems like a very old way of doing things. Like, hey, come pick this thing up. It's floating in the air. It's something that you need to pick up, right? Mm-hmm. So there's so there's that. But otherwise, it's like, hey, here's the indicator telling you where to go. So follow the indicator, kill the things on the way, um, collect some of the loot, and then go from there. Um, so yeah. so visually, I think it looks really good. But unfortunately, it gets very... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
it just feels too similar. You're just doing the same stuff. Yeah, I think one thing that we talk about when we talk about Bungie and Destiny is their ability to make different areas like in the same, like say in the Cosmodrome, for instance, like there was ways that they made those different areas look different. So you knew where you were, whether you're going down into the into the area or you're moving up in the Cosmodrome and you're up in the buildings and the rafters or you go down into where the trains are and through the tunnels like it looks different. But in Godfall, like the water realm, the rooms look the same. And the air realm, you know, it, it's a beautiful looking area, but it's like, okay, but there's not a lot to make this part of the air realm look different from this part of the air realm. And maybe it's just like the big, um, shoot, what's the word? When you have like a, not a set piece, the big uh like a, like a point of interest point of interest so like the big point of interest that okay. say hey this is this part this is this part that's just kind of not there and really mm-hmm. i just relied on that little indicator and there's no map which i think is might be one of the oh, big that's deals huge, yeah so there's no map to tell you what part you're in so you just kind of wander around finding enemies finding collectibles finding picks up pickups until you complete the mission so well because um, even anthem had even anthem's different regions in in bastion had a different feel and you could kind of tell where you were um to an extent but it was also very similar i guess i'm i guess i'm thinking about i'm thinking about definitely um the fortress of dawn definitely had a different feel than any other place right and maybe maybe i guess that might just have to do with the lack of foliage right that's what i because that's what i remember about the fortress of dawn it was very it was very just bare, but now that I, I guess I think back to it, well, no, there were some areas that had more, more um, water versus versus terrain. Um, so I, so and it's it's surprising to me, Steve, how like really important that is, because like you say, Destiny again, another thing that Destiny does well, like you know what region you're in by virtue of what you see and what you hear, right? Because then even the music changes. So what about what about the music in Godfall? Did, did that give you any indication on where you were? Or was it just the same soundtrack throughout? Or do you even remember it? Um, that's a good question, because that's one of the things that I wasn't... I remember the music in the opening menus. Like, the music is good, but it's also not something that was, like, super memorable that stood out to me. Like, thinking about it right now, like, I don't even know if I could tell you when... Yeah, I can't really tell you. So, I guess that's how much of an impact the music had on me. Which is unfortunate because I think the music is done well. Um, Like, I've listened to, like, the separate soundtracks, but I can't even pick out... Like, okay, this is this track from this boss battle, or this is when this thing plays. I mean, there's there are some times when you get into combat when combat music starts. But other than that, it's not something I like couldn't start humming it to you right now. And I've been playing that game um a bunch um since yesterday, so Right. Unfortunately. Right. That's 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 <laughs> So I was going to say interesting because that's just my go-to word. But that's kind of it's it's a it's an it's a big letdown, really, is what it is, right? Because you we, you ought to come out humming the songs and at least knowing the songs and those indicators on when things are going to happen. Those are those subtle things in games that we have come to, I guess, um, expect that don't even that that wasn't there in Godfall, and that's unfortunate. But like you said, seventy-five team, seventy-five member team. Which seems large for me, uh, you know. I think of maybe a thirty-member team being small, but if seventy-five is small, whatever, you know. Um, so then, going to you talk about a few NPCs in your fort. Um, are are they quest givers, or are they just, or are they just quest commenters? Um, they're more quest commenters. So the main character, the main NPC that you're like, kind of like, have this plan to go take down the bad guy. They give you quests like, all right, this is the next thing we do in order to complete this this mission. So I guess we can talk about the mission structure. So you'll be tasked to go and like, all right, go over here, go fight this person. And this is the person that you need to take down in order to get to the next person. So you have the main quest, then you have hunts. Hunts are like, um, so during the main quests, 
you'll come up against mini bosses and you'll fight the mini bosses and then you'll move on. And then afterwards, those mini bosses will be added into a hunt the a hunt type um game type, I guess, game mode. It's another quest okay. where you can say, like, all right, go hunt this creature and you can change the difficulty or whatever. And you can just go hunt that creature. There's like a time limit. Like if you kill it in this time, you get a bonus and there are secondary objectives that you can go do. And you can go explore, collect more items in order to create more valor plates and create more weapons or whatever. So you can do that. But again, that's not really part of the main mission, but you'll end up going to go do those. So the main character says, hey, Go find this person and you just kind of go there and you just kind of do that. There's not really like, hey, there's an optional quest that'll give you this thing. There mm -hmm. are some like, there's like three, like four different hunts that you can go do that they'll give you like, this one will give you rare gear or this one will give you some of this material. This one will give you some of this. And then there's like a free roam that you can go in and do as well. But... Like other other than that, there is a there is like an end game activity that you can do. I haven't really gone into it yet. I, I jumped in once and did some of that and just to kind of see how it is. And that end game activity is really interesting, but I haven't played it enough to where I want to be able to like talk about it and like what the pros and what the cons are of it because I just wanted to get through the single player game. So I'll probably play more of that, you know, sometime this week and then dive more into it then. But um but yeah, so the NPCs are really just like, all right, go from point A to point B to point C to point D, and then at the end of the game. So I do want to talk about the bosses, though, because there are four bosses that you'll, four main bosses that you'll fight. That's not like anything spoilery. That's what we've known for a really long time. But um, the the first two bosses that you fight are really fun and interesting boss fights. Like, they have similar mechanics that reminded me of Dark Souls to where it's like, oh, this is a really difficult boss fight. Like, you have to be on your game. You have to be executing with your dodges, with your parries. You really have to be, um, you know, you have to be on your game. And then, unfortunately, after that, and I don't know if it was just because maybe I had leveled up too much, maybe if I'd pushed... Maybe if I just waited and gone in, it would have been, um, if I leveled up more, it would have been easier. But um, the first two boss fights were really good and interesting because the bosses were doing like tons of different attacks. They had tons of different animations and behaviors. But after that, they just got really, really easy. And I was like mm. really kind of disappointed at the end. So one of the things that if you are, and I was playing just on normal, so I haven't done anything on on their hardest difficulty yet. So this might change. But one of the things that Dark Souls does is that you can beat a, you can go in, fight a boss to like a quarter health and then die. And then when you go back, you have to start all over again, right? Oh, wow. Um, for Godfall, if you do that for one of the main bosses, like it keeps your health down to where it was. And I think it does that because of the multiplayer thing that's going on in there. I, um, I think that might be it one of the reasons. your health? Your health where no, it is? Your health resets, but the, the boss's health the will boss stay health. where it's at. So you can go in, have a really good fight, get it down. Like they're all they have segmented health pools. So if you get down like a full bar, you die, that full bar will still be gone. So you can go back in, you can fight it okay. down to three bars, and you can just keep going that way until eventually you brute force your way through it, right? And that's like right. for the for the main story mission. Um, for like the hunts, the hunts, the enemy's health will reset if you die, so you really kind of have to be on your game there. Um, but for the yeah, story mission, I just mission, have to say, I, I thought you might have been falling asleep there, like because you went on for about forty five seconds with your eyes closed, and I thought, like, all right, we're losing him. He's he's kind of checking out on us. So it's nice to see that the eyes have slightly opened. Slightly. So, so I'm going to back you up from the boss fights right now. So talking about the leveling system and you said that you leveled up maybe faster than what you should have going into the final boss fights because they seemed easier, I think is what you said. Yeah. Um, so what is the leveling system? Is it, is it quick? Is it level every 20 minutes? Um, those first couple levels. Um, so what about the leveling system? So I ended the game like, like let's say 14 hours of game time and I leveled up to like um, level 34 before I stopped. So what is that? That's like two levels an hour. So maybe like 
no. Probably the math is probably like two point six, maybe. Yeah. So let's just it, like it's, round it's it more. Up to, it's more. Yeah. So I mean, the leveling. I never felt like. I never felt like. Oh man, I need to go grind levels here right now. Well, that's not true. There was. So that there's one issue that I had with like the leveling in the game. Well, I'm not even sure that like that that's a leveling issue. Like it felt fine to me. Like level cap is 50. So okay. I got to 34 and finished the game. So I still have quite a few levels to go and I can do that in the Tower of Trials and the Dreamstones. But So then what's the structure, right? So so again, just going back to Destiny cuz it's everyone's very familiar with that. Going through the initial campaign each sort of story mission was got you about a level to a level and a half, right? And and the next level was so the first mission got you like to 1.5. The next story mission recommended you be level two kind of thing. So there's a little bit of, of space in between where you would where have you're to asked go grind, to do right? like yeah, like free play stuff. I wouldn't even call it grinding. So just free play stuff, right? Learning the environment, learning some different things. So did it give you story mission? Here's the level. Next story mission. Here's the next level. Was Did you have to break away from campaign to do some free play? Or was it just one, two, three, four mission wise? Yeah. So th- this is what this is how they handle this. And it's something that like this is the least favorite thing about the game for me. So after, before you would go fight a boss, you had to go collect an item to unlock that boss. And in order to collect those items, it sent you back into these other activities, like the hunts. So Activities that you've already done? Um, no, they were different. So they, they sent you back into the hunt. So I had to go collect 10 of these things. And I'm like, okay, but really, I just kind of wanted to continue with the story. But now you have me going back to just go fight things and i really didn't like that because i felt like it really broke the flow of the campaign because really with the campaign being so linear me going back to collect items was just me going back to fight things there wasn't like a good clear story reason that would have driven me to be like okay i'll go do that that's fine like i wasn't meeting new characters i wasn't like getting anything new out of that experience other than all right, stop here, go over there for a bit, and then come back. Like, I don't know if it, like, it felt like the um, the tower. No, what what's it called? It's not the Tower of Trials. Remember in Anthem where you had to do the tomb trials where you had to open like oh, 50 yeah. trusts? So yeah. it felt like that, you know, and, and this was different because with Anthem, you know, I didn't. we didn't have that problem because we all played through that first part of that game like 40 times with people. So we were yeah. never like, we never got bottlenecked there because we were just playing with people and we unlocked it by helping people through those first like eight, through the first four missions or whatever. So we never had right. that. Um, but here, because I'm doing it solo, I'm just like, I don't want to go back there. I want to finish the story. I want to see where this is going because that's really the only driving thing to take you back to the the environments is, you know, what's going on there. So when I had to stop, and unfortunately for the first boss, you collect, you know, this number. For the second boss, it's double that. For the third boss, it's triple that. And each time they're sending you back to, okay, go to the water realm. All right, now go to the water and the air realm. Okay, now go to the go to the earth, water, and air realm. So yeah. it's kind of exacerbated by the more you... the farther you get, the more times you have to go back. And at that point, you're like, I don't want to go back here. And that could just be a product of me just burning through the game so that I could finish the story so I could talk about it. So right. I and understand not spacing that. it out throughout, you know, a couple of days where that activity still feels fresh ish. Right. But doing it all in one, I guess you did it in two sessions, you know, probably six hours and then probably eight hours after a quick, a quick snooze or something. So so then you're going in, you're fighting. Is the fighting, are the mechanics intuitive? Is the fighting system fun? Are the visuals fun? Do the weapons make, do, do, do your weapons have the distinct sounds where, you know, we know the guns in Anthem. We know the guns in Destiny. We know the weapons in, in Diablo. Like, do you, does your sword make a certain clang? Um, so the combat 
in Godfall is easily the best part of the game. Um, the combat is fluid. It's dynamic. Like it's something that you can master. Like you can button mash your way through the first part of the game, but at some point you kind of have to figure out how to use your abilities and how to use your blocks, your parries, the different weapons. So, and the weapons are distinctive. Like I found a weapon that I really liked. I found one that was working with my playstyle. It is working with all the different systems that I enjoyed. Like Godfall has a lot going on with the combat. There are so many different types of abilities and attacks that you can focus on that you can really find something that suits you and is personal to you and you can make it work. So the system that I liked the most was the system called Soul Shatter. If you hit a character and an enemy enough times, you will build up their soul shatter meter. And then if you use like your light attack to build it up and then you hit them with the heavy attack when it's full, they'll just explode. And it could cause, depending on what kind of abilities you have, it'll cause a chain reaction of exploding. Um, hold on one sec. Phaedron in chat says, Steve, do you see this game being like a Warframe that grows over time and fleshes out the skeleton over the life of this generation? So that's an interesting question because we know that Godfall is not a live service game, but we do know that their first DLC is already in the works. There are no microtransactions. So I don't know if they are going to do that. Like it'll just be off the back of, you know, the sales that they made now and their pre-order sales. Can they make enough money to do that? I'm not sure. Um, it's very possible that, no, you, it's okay. I can answer this real quick. It's very possible that they had that fire realm ready to go and, you know, they just had to push it back a little bit. So they probably have something developed so they could get that out early and make money off of that to fund the next one. I'm not sure. Like, I think it's something that can continue to go. Um, it's something that they have plans on continue to develop anyway so we'll, we'll have to see and they have gearbox money backing them so depending on how that went um there's hope for it in the future i guess but back to mm -hmm. combat there are things like breach damage so you can breach you can use breach damage you can use soul shatter damage there's um uh shoot what's the other one called i'm forgetting what it's called right now because i haven't been using it but you have a lot of different abilities that you can spec into that will make it interesting. If, hey, I want to use long swords and I want to use dual blades, then you can do that. And each of those weapon types have distinctive sounds and the weapons have distinctive looks. One of the things that, you know, we always complain, anyway, I always complain about in looters is that that first initial run, like nothing really matters, right? Like your build doesn't matter. The gear that you have doesn't matter. It's like a patchwork of whatever you picked up, whatever makes the numbers go up because you really start building into that stuff at the end game. So even though I found something that I really like now, like my kids were getting really frustrated. They're like, oh, use that one, use that one. I'm like, no guys, like for right now through the campaign, I'm gonna use this one that makes this number go as high as it can. And then at the end, I'll start like looking into a build with the rings and the amulet, the charms and the, and the life stones. But I really do think that the combat is fun. I do think that it, you can go really deep on the combat. Um, but again, I need to really like sit down and play with how you can manipulate the numbers. I know that like things for like your critical attacks percentage, like that caps at like 35%. So you can't keep going higher than that. So there are things like that in the game that I need to figure out. Like what does the developer want you to be able to do? And what do they not want you to be able to do? So there's still a lot of combat investigation that I need to do in order to really understand like how that system is going to work in the long run. Cool. Um, so talk to us now about currency systems. I mean, I'm assuming there's a currency system. You probably get coins. You probably get, I don't know, lava lamps for however many enemies you defeat. So and so what is the currency system and what are you getting with the currency system? Is, is it is it money? Is it materials? Do you, is there a crafting? So what's all that about? Those are all really good questions, Mike. Um, there are There is currency. You can 
use currency. There, there is like a let's we'll just call it money. There's money that you can collect, and um, there are materials that you will need in order to upgrade um, or en- enchant. So items. it's an upgrade system versus like a crafting system. So the, yeah, so really, so really, you're not like you're not crafting a piece, a sword, you're saying like, I have this sword, I will spend this much money and this many materials to upgrade it to the next rarity or also to upgrade like its attack power. So that sword that I found, I could take all that money that I found and I could upgrade that thing to the next rarity. Like I found it as, you know, if I find it as a common, I can take it from common to uncommon to rare to epic up to legendary if i wanted to um but again like you like you do in a shoot in a looter you just wait till the end game to start doing all that stuff so i haven't done a lot of crafting or enchanting because you're just finding new weapons anyway that level with you so there's really no point like i i always say it's like there's no point in interacting with those systems until you get to the end game anyway one of the other things that you can do um, there are 12 Valor Plates that you can play as. Um, you start off as the Silver Main Valor Plate, as the main character. And then as you go through the levels, you'll find things called Valor Plate Cores. And every Valor Plate to unlock needs a certain amount of cores and a certain amount of materials that can only be found on a certain realm. So four of the plates unlock with materials from the Earth Realm. Four unlock with materials from the air realm and the other from the water realm. So by the end of the game, I was able to unlock 11 of the 12 Valor plates. The last one, I think you need like to do some of that end game stuff in order to unlock to get that last material. I don't know why that one's so special, but you have to wait in order to get that one. So just by playing the game, you'll be able to unlock the one that you want to play as the most. And again, it's one of those things that it's really the differences in the plates during the campaign is very minimal. It doesn't matter that much. So other than looks, they all run the same speed. They all, you know, have those same animations. All the animations are the same. There's no difference until you look at the stats. Like the one I like, Greyhawk has like a 5%, you know, change in this one stat or whatever. And it's, it's kind of disappointing that they're not more different. Um, Phaedron says, it doesn't feel like Colossus versus the Storm. No, absolutely not. It feels like here's a different skin and you have different stats. You do have different ultimates, um, so that can vary. However, like a couple of the Valor plates just have like a, all right, when you use the ultimate, like a wave goes out and it damages enemies and it's using air damage for this one. This one's using fire damage. This one's using shock damage. There are other stats that make it really powerful. Like using your ultimate is like a big deal. But again, when you're just going through the campaign and you're using these things, it's hard to be like, okay, this is why I'm taking this one because this is the impact it has on the battlefield. And I don't know if that's just because it's like, all right, you're going to have to wait until you're actually fighting people that are like going to give you like a challenge. Because in the campaign, there are some instances where you will. But it's just one of those things like me, the type of gamer that I am, I'm not going to interact with those systems until I know like I have to make those choices that are are going to matter. Because I could have played through the whole game as one Valor plate and I would have been able to do that no problem. Like I switched them up just because it was like different and it was interesting to just like visually see a different Valor plate. But other than that, like I just, a lot of it just doesn't matter until you get to the end game. And that's unfortunate because most games are like that, right? Most games are built that you, you grind to level cap and I'll even call that a grind. Most of the time when you're playing, when you're playing games that you enjoy, that you really like, you call it free play, right? And it's a different in semantics, but I think it's important, right? When you're playing Destiny, you play free play to get up to those to those um, level caps. But in games where it's just, all right, I'm at level 34 right now. I need to be at level 50 before any of this stuff matters. It's time to grind. And you start grinding. And you don't care what you wear. 
Um, you pick up whatever item. You pick up all the items that you see. You see if its numbers are different. If its numbers aren't, you scrap it. If the numbers are different, you equip it until you get the next one. And so that I think that's something that is fundamentally it's fundamentally inherent and maybe necessary in a game because that's how you get people coming back and playing and learning the systems and and sticking to and that's where you get those hours played numbered numbers higher but i think it i think it's a system that needs to be looked at if if really the game starts at level cap i i think that's broken right it it that seems to me that it's a broken system so so steve you talked to us about currencies and crafting and and that there and the big thing that everybody wants to know about because everybody wants to know about this is the loot the amount of loot that drops, its frequency of drops, how how often was the loot that you got better than what you had equipped? And at what point did you see it flip? Because I'm sure levels one through seven, where you were getting all your weapons that obviously were higher, because that's just how it works. Like, when did it switch to where now, all right, this this really isn't the highest weapon that I get from a loot drop? Um, so, so a lot of loot drops, there's a lot of loot, it's plentiful, it rains down, it's very pretty to see all the things explode from chests, from bosses, they do a really good job presenting that, it looks really good, it's, it's really fun, um, and I'm still getting stuff that is higher, just because I am only like level 34 or 50, so loot is increasing as I increase, so there's still a lot of stuff that that I can pick up and I'll continue to increase. So that's still happening. Um, I suspect it'll probably happen until I get to level cap. One of the one of the small like little nitpicks I have is like you can go through like in the beginning of the game I broke every single thing. I could find. I explored mm-hmm. every little nook and cranny in the first couple areas, and then eventually I was like, "Wow, this is just taking way too long." Like I could spend, I could do this the whole time, um, but then I would be like, you know, playing 40, 50 hours before I ended the game because every time you go into a level, like all the stuff is back again, like all the collectibles and all the chests are back, so you can just go collect them again over and over again. So that stuff always comes back. But whenever you open a chest, you could just like run by it. And you would assume like, okay, I was really close to this thing. These things should just collect. It's just money. But a lot of the times I turn around and that stuff was still there. Like I was running past it too fast to where I wouldn't collect it before it hit the ground. So I ended up doing a lot of backtracking, like just a small little nitpick. Like that should, that stuff should collect faster. But Well, just, see, that's when you get the inscription that gives you a higher pickup radius. They they were on to something before we had any idea that that was a necessity. Um, so yeah, so like getting getting loot is fun, and you don't have to go decrypt it. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting though, there was a video previously where they showed like swords actually like dropping, and so you could see what they were. But they, I guess they scrapped that system. And they went back to like the floating. Um, 20-sided die that you can pick up now but um yeah you don't have to you don't have to decrypt anything it pops up you go over it you pick it up and you have it and you can equip it right there um how long before you had to go back to town to empty an inventory never oh nice like everything just auto vaulted um everything just stays in my inventory there I don't know if I have a cap because I just keep picking stuff up and they're not telling me that (laughs) hey you don't have any space and I well, only- maybe that's what that's maybe why you're not picking up stuff. Maybe it's full, and it's not that you're not running by it too fast. Is you have no room for it. No, I picked up everything, and all the weapons hmm. go in, and I can look through my stuff, and I'm like, oh, maybe I could just pick up everything that I possibly go over, and there's no nothing nice. telling me that I can't. So. Very but yes, yeah, cool. so there's 125 weapons. Um, that's how many there are. You can get different versions of those. There's still a lot of things I haven't unlocked. Like there's Valor Plate um, augments that you can put in. Like every one of them has a certain amount already unlocked. But then the other there's like of the other nodes that have lock symbols over them. So I don't know how to unlock those yet. So I'm going to keep going to do that. Um, I mean, I I think at the end I was like, okay, I can see like the fun and where people are going to be really excited because that end game stuff, it's like you go into an elevator, you get stop at each floor, you fight some guys. If you win, you keep going and there's, mm-hmm. you know, you can just keep climbing those ranks. And if you're grinding for that end game loot, loot, if you have a, Oh, speaking of matchmaking, 
because <laughs> um, we, we were yeah we assumed that matchmaking lobbies would be a thing like you'd be able to do the end game content and you'd be like look for group pop you in with two extra people and you'd go because they have like they have lobby titles and they told us like hey when you're playing with randoms you don't have to share loot but you don't you have to connect with people on your friends list like mm-hmm. there's no way to team up with random people. You have to find people on your friends list. And I that's so how does that factor in for, for people like me who don't have any friends? Yeah, you don't. You just you don't you play. Don't? No. There's no hmm. way to like jump in and be like, hey, I just want I want help on this mission and two other people would do it. We don't even have to talk because there's no there's no type of puzzles in the game. There are certain treasure chests that you have to break a couple things and then you unlock them. But there's no like stand on the plate here, twist the lock here. There's none of that. It's even f- in-game fighting mechanics are not all right. You fire at this point to knock this piece off, and we kind of have to, we kind of have to be coordinated as a group. It's just very straightforward. You have a sword, I have a sword. You idiots, we've all got swords, and you go and you just chop them up. Yep, that's what it is. So there's <laughs> you wouldn't even need like any type of because one of the things I was always I was wondering is like where are the emotes? Where's the chat wheel that you need to communicate with and there's nothing you don't have any of that stuff because it's not necessary yeah because it's point a to point b and that's it is the equipment system does it favor diablo 3 where you have you know 13 different equip slots or is it more uh destiny where you have head chest arms feet cape um it there are eight different equipment slots and then with that, hold on, let me think. There's one weapon, two weapon, two rings, charm, amulet, banner, lifestyle, and that's eight. Yeah, so there's eight of those um, that you can go in and you can mess around with. But then there's also augments that you can put on your valor plate, and those are usually 10. So there's there's like 20 different things that you can change up, but really eight slots where you can put gear into. So, so then when it really gets down to it, really down to... You know, Diablo 3, where you're really pushing those numbers. How do I get those higher numbers? Um, This game is really going to favor those types of players that really like that. All right, now I need to hunt for this ring. Now I need to, you know, get this ring. Now that I have this ring, I want a, you know, necromancer build that does X, Y, and Z. And so I need all of this stuff. So players are going to really enjoy that part of it because it really leads to that Diablo 3 type mechanic that, you know, I can push these higher numbers. And and maybe one of the things that we don't know, like, I don't know if there's a way to focus specifically on loot. Like, hey, I have a polarity, you know, a polarity build. Where do I find things that have polarity? And I think that might be one of the reasons why they do their upgrade system the way that they, that they do. Like, hey, you finally found something with polarity, take it and go upgrade it. Don't go yeah. trying to look for something else. Because they don't, I don't think that they have a way of doing that. I, if there is, we don't know yet. I have been dark on the internet, trying not to get spoiled on what other people think of the game, so that I can put my impressions out without being influenced by them. So I don't know if there's a thing like people have found that or not yet. I don't think there is. Um, so, yeah. So, so at the top of the show, you said that that the Stormlight Archives was a huge inspiration on this plus also if i'm remembering it right heartstone right heartstone was um i don't know if they, was it was it heartstone the game that was the, that these guys worked on or am i no, getting two people confused no so the collectible card game that counterplay worked on was duelist oh, okay so that's the game that counterplay worked on that was their first game and then they made um made godfall but a lot of those guys are i mean there's developers from Blizzard on there. Keith Lee, the project lead, he's a ex-developer from Blizzard that worked on Diablo 3 and Diablo 2. There's a lot of industry people at Counterplay Games that have been working on, you know, really big games for a long time. Awesome. All right, so going back to that, going back to um, to Stormlight and, and kind of pulling ourselves away from, like, the actual nuts and bolts, ins and outs, coding issues of the game and the systems and stuff. Um, because those of us who are familiar with you know that you crave and desire story really on top of everything else. I mean, I, 
not not that you the, not that we can say the mechanics can be terrible if the story is there you're going to be all about the game because there has to be a balance right so but you do favor story and those connections so then what are the connections to to the Brandon Sanderson Heart um Stormlight series that that really are like yeah yeah I can I can see this connection and that's why I, I wanted Godfall and that's why I started this and and that's why I'm, I'm like really drawn in this is really puts me into those those nights where I was reading this book. Um, I don't know if there's really that many that are like, I mean, the Valor Plate and the Big Giant Swords, I guess that those are like really the big like draws to it that you can be like, hey, this is just like Shard Plate or Shard Blades from this universe. And that's really, really cool. But other than that, like story wise, like, again, like if you're a new player, like you don't know any of that story, you wouldn't be able to see any of those connections because there's a lot of lore about Cosmera and breaking into 12 different aspects that are very similar to Adenalsium and this Cosmere from Sanderson. So, I mean, there there are those things there, but it doesn't get me any more excited just because of how the story was in the game. It was very just paint by numbers and that's not what i was expecting so that's kind of a that's a pretty big disappointment to me well that stinks well that stinks overall though it sounds like your impressions have been very i'm gonna say positive because because you had fun you invested your time you i know you like swords and swords are cool i think everybody likes swords and so um you know, when I when I watch the trailers and when I have watched your videos, like, yeah, I can see myself playing in this world. And and I like the armor, like just just the way that the two guys look and the way that they confront confronted each other. I, I mean, I like that. That's cool looking. Um, so so overall, I think I think it's a pretty positive review so far on Godfall from Steve. And and we look forward to to your videos coming out. Um Probably later this week, right? You're going to have those done and ready for everybody? I hope so. I think after the show, I'll probably work on my story review no, and gameplay after the impressions. show, you go to sleep. <laughs> um, You say that. <laughs> but uh, so, um, so those are my impressions on Godfall. And then I'll talk about the other thing that I was going to talk about. So it's really hard for me to say, hey, go out and buy this game. Um, I would love to have that have been my initial impression. I think one of the things that I hate about TV shows is saying like, hey, like you should watch this show. Like seasons one and two really suck. But after that, it gets really, really good because that's not a great recommendation, right? Well, but you're right. And I know what you're referencing and you should still watch that show even though the first two seasons, but, but I, I think, I think every show kind of finds its stride, it, right? It, even, even talking about, I mean, we still see, we see it pretty much in every game. You guys should go play Anthem uh, when the next one comes out. You guys should go play Destiny after they worked out all their kinks, you know? So I guess there's those growing pains that need to happen. Yeah, but, but the problem but is like, point too. like the game is, it is, it is grindy. Okay. It felt like a grind. Like there is something to be said about a first person looter shooter to where you can just pop a couple dudes in the head and move on. In Godfall, it's more involved in that because it is third person slasher combat to where it it's 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 definitely slower. So it feels more grindy as you're coming up against pack after pack. And granted, you can run through a lot of those those packs. Like if you want to go from point A to point B, like start here, go to this hunt. You can run past everybody. They will not chase you down. Oh, that's I guess that's something I need to talk about in my thing. The AI <laughs> at some time is like really bad. Like, Just doesn't know you're there and kind of like... We, it, it very much mimics the Imperial Stormtrooper. It really does. Sometimes they are just, they're just like, hey, you're not there. But then other times there's like a group of them and you're just getting hosed like from all different sides at the same time. And you're like, there's no consistency to it. Like sometimes they just stand there. Sometimes you're able to like create like shadows that fight for you and they'll just stand there. 
So like the AI is really confusing. I don't know if it's like they're confused because of pathing because they don't know where to walk and they're just kind of stuck in their programming loop. But like that stuff is really weird the way it's done. And um, but yeah, you could just run from point A to point B. You don't you miss out on all the experience and stuff, but you can do that if you want. But I don't know if that's I mean, that's definitely not the way like what's the point of playing it then if you're just going to like, well, I, I don't know. Again, right. it, this is still very early, so it it does feel grindy, though. Like, the game feels grindy. Like, I don't have the same feeling of... And, again, like, I hate talking about, oh, this is... Well, I guess at the end of the day, like, this is the review. This is how I feel, right? And these mm-hmm. are the experiences I'm drawing on so that I can compare and contrast them. Like, I'm really tired, and maybe I just played way too much. But... <laughs> and, I, and I guess... I don't know, like, again, I don't know if I can recommend it right now for someone to go out and pay $70 or pay $60 for. Like, if someone is, like, itching to say, hey, is combat fun? Yes, combat is fun. If that is all you need, then cool. Go out and play it. Um, The combat is fun. Is the story, like, super interesting? No, it's not. If you're in it for the story, like, pass on the story and, like, watch recaps because... There's not a lot to it. I mean, I was anticipating doing like huge lore videos talking about this aspect and this aspect, and maybe I can still do that, but it's so straightforward that it's like, I don't know what else to add to a story like this. I to expound on it and like draw the connections because it's just A, B, C, D. Damn. Um, mm-hmm. but, but the other thing is like, you say I should go to bed. Um, <laughs> Sleep is good. Humans need it. That's how we. That's how we're wired. I understand. That's all. I'm but I, but I still have to post this show and get this stuff all up and going. But then it's like thinking of like content creation and like, oh man, like, like to have the pressure of like you have a deadline. Like, hey, this game came out today. Your review has to be out because it's really weird the way like this embargo went. There was talk. There was there was talk about embargoes of when does the embargo come out, like. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, reviews are just dropping. And then once one review drops, like everyone has to go with their review so that they can get eyes on because you don't want to be the person that's two days late talking about mm-hmm. your impressions of the game because then your thing doesn't get seen and then it, you all miss out on that stuff. So there's a lot of, there's a lot like, and I know I'm just putting my pressure on myself to do this because it's like my channel is like a nobody channel that very few people listen to. So it's not like there's like huge pressure on me to like put these things out. But also I'm like, man, I got to get this out because it's going to, you know, that whole thing, it's, it's going to be gone by the time I'm done. So like, like it sucks. There's a, there's like a lot of pressure that I'm putting on myself to do it. Well, and, and again, I mean, it's because you, you, you are passionate about what you do, right? There's that word passion, right? That everybody throws around in the industry, meaning, meaning willing to not get paid, I think yeah. is what passion means. And so, um, We've we've known you all long enough. We've known you long enough to to understand. Just you put out a good product, and and most people do. Most people do, right? We're we're a small entity. Um, the Shut Up and Respawn Network is is small and it's growing. We're building a base, and and really, really, I think that one of the great things about the Shut Up and Respawn Network, Steve, is that. We don't really do the things that everybody else is doing because everybody else is doing them, right? We, we find the games that we play and the activities that we like to do, and that's what we cover because that's where we feel our expertise is. Expertise being just that this is what we do. Um, we're not going to go out and be fake on something and just put out a video for clickbaity stuff because that's not how we are, and that's not what we do. That's not, that's not the kind of people we follow. Um, and so it's, so don't feel bad about, about wanting to get something good out because you will, that's just the type of person you are. And I've known you for a while. And so you'll put out something good. And, and even the thoughts that you shared with us tonight on Godfall have been great. Um, definitely those who have, who have been listening, Phaedron, um, he probably knows more about Godfall now than what he did before. Um, I don't know if he's played or not, but, um, but it's great impressions, because all these things, they're, they're valid and they're valuable and they work. And, and we appreciate you for putting yourself through all this. Um, we know it's not easy um, to, to have to juggle family, work, sleep, 
content creation, right? Because every time, I mean, the issues, if anybody's listened to our show for any length of time, they know that every time we log in, we have a new audio issue, right? And so with creating, with creating videos and creating stuff, it's just weird. Where, where does this plug go? Where does that plug go? Why am I getting this feedback? So we appreciate your review so far that you've given us on episode 148 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. Um, you can wake up anytime to push that to push that outro button. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Um, we're coming up on the Thanksgiving Thanksgiving um, holiday. We will have a show next week. But we will most likely be taking the following week off for the holidays. We um, are a week off. The yeah, because because that that Thursday will be will be actual Thanksgiving. So we'll have a show next week, probably one forty one forty nine, and then it'll be Thanksgiving week that we'll probably take off. You don't maybe think we we'll should do, do like a Thanksgiving show? We could do like a Thanksgiving Rockets kind of thing, maybe remote from from rockets or, or something like that. We'll have to talk about that in our, in our uh, post-production pre-production meeting. Um, we have had a couple changes in our area with our school districts. So that might change a little bit of recording schedule because of different family obligations and, and different things that we'll be doing now, but we will definitely keep everybody apprised and abreast about everything that's going on. Um, Steve, I don't know if you've got anything else you want to talk about. Cause if not, this has been 100 this has been episode 148 of the Freelancer Codex podcast All Things Godfall brought to you by Steve. Thank you for listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn network. Follow us at Freelancer Codex on Twitter or Twitch. Send emails to freelancercodex@gmail.com or voice messages to anchor.fm slash freelancercodex slash message. We wish to thank all of our Patreons. We are grateful for you all.